We're going to start with this little uh, wine display to my right over here. Some of the servers this morning already were getting hopeful that it was a gift for them to take away. No, this is mine. It's just for display purposes. I, I don't, I mean, I don't like beer, but I love wine. And I can't really explain it. But, but there's something about good company, good food, and good wine. It just, just, it just makes an evening uh, very special. And um, it really is a wonderful thing. This is just uh, given to me recently by a friend uh, when I left game. I think she was so excited that I was leaving. She said, here, have some wine. And so for me, wine, I can't, uh, I'm not a connoisseur. It comes into three categories. You basically, uh, poor, good, and splendid. You know? And, and the, the poors are, are, are like so few. So mostly, wine for me is good or splendid. Um, but there are some who take wine tasting to a new level. I mean, it's a proper art. Are there any like serious wine tasters here? Come, don't be ashamed. <laughs> don't be delusional. <laughs> so the point where wine tasting, I find, gets to me a little bit is the whole spitting it out. You know, I just think, what a waste. You know, um, and I never got that. Until last year. Last year, somebody actually asked me to do a professional Christmas pudding testing thing. I thought, oh, I'll spit this thing out. I'll just take small bites. I'll be fine. 25 puddings later, I was clogged. You know, it was just uh... So wine tasting is something we know. You know, go around there. Hmm, this is just so fruity. Or like, what I want if it's like an oak barrel. Or this boy, they go on and on, have a little natter, have some cheese. What a what I spit it out. And you know, that's, that's, that's how it goes. And, uh, and people really enjoy it. Um, but wine tasting is not, uh, is not what is recommended to us uh, as Christians. Now, wine tasting has a lot to do with the message of Galatians because Paul is writing to me saying, guys, you're being like wine tasters. You know, you've had one flavor and now you're changing to another. And Christians can get like that. You can say, oh, I go to the Vineyard Fellowship. Amazing Pastor Merlot. Lovely message, not too strong, no heavy aftertaste. You should try it. Come along. No, no, I'm going to stay at the cellar. We love worshipping there. Pastor Cabernet, full-bodied message, really gives a bit of punch. And that was happening in Galatia. They were turning their following of the gospel into wine tasting. There was a new flavor in town, and they were preferring it to the, to the message that Paul had given. They like this new blend. I think we'll stick with this. Let's order a case. So Paul's letter is written into that situation of these guys going with a new blend. And uh, Paul knows this church. I mean, he's poured out his life teaching to this church, and now they are going with a new winemaker. So Paul is angry. Uh, Elf gave us a, a little preview of that. You foolish Galatians. You know, if you read Galatians, he goes along later, I think it's in chapter 5, where he says these heretics must go and emasculate themselves. So, I mean, Paul's got some strong language in this, uh, in this letter. He's really trying to get a message across. He's got the right to be angry, to be honest. And let's just look at his righteous anger, because that's quite important. I mean, he loves the Galatians deeply. He founded the church, and he poured of himself into, into their nurture and development. He wasn't a, he's not a hired hand. He he gave of himself to these people. But let's not forget that Paul uh, was transformed on the road to Damascus. He 
he's one who's gone from darkness to light. And now he sees these people whom he loves going back to the darkness. You know, he's been, obviously, he feels the grace of God uh, uh, since the stoning of Stephen, but I'm sure every day he remembers um, standing there and watching them take Stephen's life. And now to see those whom he loved go back into the darkness is too much for him. So he's, he's got words, words for them. He says, you foolish Galatians. I would like to give you a more modern translation, but this is a family establishment. He's got strong words for them. So I've, instead of giving you a modern thing, I'm going to give you a, another message. Paul is saying to them, you Galatians are confusing wine tasting with acid testing. They're two different things. We know about wine tasting. But acid testing is surprisingly less popular uh, socially, it is. Uh, let's go around to your place and do some acid testing. I have, I have some acids here. Um, this, of course, is orange juice, and it contains asorbic acid and citric acid. Wonderful. But not very good when it comes to scrubbing off mortar. Ever tried uh, the builders amongst you cleaning off a bit of mortar with orange juice? No, no. You need mortar off, which has got something wicked in there. It's probably like sulfuric or phosphoric or something like that. So a different kind of acid. So if we ask for volunteers just to come close your eyes, I fill your glass, and you tell me which acid it is. <laughs> they discourage me from bringing that like drain bang stuff. Because that thing, you drink it, it just will go straight out. <laughs> It's vicious. So, so acid testing has got more consequence than wine tasting. And what Paul is saying, you guys think that you're wine tasting, but you change from orange juice to phosphoric or sulfuric acid. You are acid testing, and you are putting your own faith uh, in danger. Take your doctrine more seriously. He is really giving them a hard message. You're getting the very fundamentals of your faith incorrect. You're confusing yourself on the bare basics. Um, and, and that's a strong message. Um, but if you think about it, um, our founding forebear, the first Archbishop of the Anglican Church, Thomas Cranmer, he was burnt at the stake for heresy. So as we listen to, listen to the Galatians, we would have to say, well, what would we go to the stake for? Can we spot the heresy? before we own up to it. Um, and if you look at Paul's message, he takes us straight through to the main points. And these are the points that sit at the heart of our challenge with heresy um, throughout the years. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And he goes, and before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Simple verses. But in there, he contains the very heart of the gospel and what is being challenged. When you listen to it, or when, certainly when I listen to it, I hear another conflict. Not only the conflict between Paul and those false teachers, I hear a conflict between one great saint and heretic, Athanasius and Marcion, which we have in the Nicene Creed. Um, so as you listen to Galatians, I mean, the Nicene Creed is really a statement of that, a statement of faith about what we believe. 
I'm going to read it to you, and you can tell me if you can recognize the first two verses of Galatians. I mean, these are just uh, expanded. So Athanasius was one of the key bishops uh, in, in, the, in the putting together the Nicene Creed, which was fighting two main heresies, one of which was, was Marcionism and rejecting the identity of Jesus. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul talks about Jesus Christ. And the, the, the term Christ, he's saying that he is, he is the Son of God, the Chosen One. The only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from light. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, suffered death, and was buried. So straight away he talks about Jesus as the Christ, and he points to the cross where, where he met God's requirements of the law. Those are the first things he does. And then he follows it up by talking to the gift of the Spirit by which God sustains us. In the Nicene Creed, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, whom with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken uh, through the prophets. Powerful words. And we see that, that outworking. Um, so the most important thing that Paul does is, he's, have you understood the role of Jesus in the cross. Do you understand your salvation? So as we read this passage, we're not Galatians, we're Durbanites, what is the message that this scripture brings to us? Well, I, I guess the question is not always, you know, are we foolish? I think the challenge to us, which we've learned over the centuries, is really, how foolish are we? Um, all of us, in some way, will have our own faith tested and challenged throughout the time. We've all got a little bit of foolishness uh, in us. Um, and we come to church to be renewed, to be transformed, to grasp again that wonderful grace that's been given to us and to get rid of our foolishness. Well, certainly as, as much of it as we can. I think that the threats are less direct today, but they still come. I'm, I'm disarmed by the things that, uh, that deceive me. And and when it comes to doctrine, I've given it a fair shot, honestly. I mean, there are not many people who've given it. I've studied doctrine for three years. My doctrine's not bad, but I still find myself disarmed by the things around me, um, the things that come to come and challenge the grace that we have received. We see it uh, in that great parable of Jesus where he says the weeds are going to grow amongst the wheat, and that's the challenge that, that we find. We, too, can find ourselves being gradually bewitched, and that our salvation can be taken from us. We think we wine tasting, and we catch ourselves sipping a little bit of acid. Back in the Galatian thing, the challenges might have been Gnosticism or, or, or legalism, and we're going to chat more about that uh, uh, next week, because Paul, it's just such a wonderful passage, I can't wait for next week. Paul really um, sorts out those critics by referring them to, to Scripture. But somewhere in us, we all have this need to try and earn our salvation. It's just part of our own sinfulness and frailty. Um, uh, 
when Mandy studied, she got this uh, snappy degree called a Master in Philosophy. It's called M. Phil. But really, as Christians, we've graduated in M. Phil. It's, it's true. All of us have somehow got the susceptibility to the same way that these Galatians did. We mustn't patronize them. They were there, taught by the Apostle Paul, and yet still, they could be deceived. So, today, our laws are not written. We're not necessarily following those laws that they were following, the laws of Abraham. But somehow today, still, we want to express our worth, maybe through what we own or what we've achieved. We have this deep desire to ensure that those around us um, live their life according to our point of view. We look for affirmation outside of the gospel. Um, and that is how we can come bewitched. But Paul is pointing them very to the cross, to the absolute basics of Jesus. It reminds me of the words of uh, my favorite song um, called Rock of Ages. You know the song? Written by Augustus Montague, top lady. What were his parents thinking, giving him a name like that? I don't know. But he was walking in Cheddar Gorge in England. I know we don't think of England as a place of harsh climate, but it was a hectic storm. And he found this rock where he sheltered from the storm. And in them he expressed the words that we see coming through Paul at the beginning of Galatians. He writes, Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's commands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly, wash me saviour or I die. The top lady is clearly no fool, but just a wonderful reminder that as Christians and as we come to communion, we come uh, with those words, nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling. That's the message to the Galatians. Don't bring anything. You've got nothing to bring. You come to the cross. Naked come to thee for dress, which obviously we're not going to be doing here. Um, helpless look to thee for grace. And just that notion of coming to Jesus with emptiness and saying, nothing of me, all of you. So the message today is really about saying, be careful of wine tasting because it's really for us about acid testing our faith is under pressure all the time and we must seek to to renew that place of grace in our hearts we must take the message of Paul and we must go back to the foot of the cross and say you are the Christ who we know as Christ crucified we know the spirit who sustains us together this is not a message of, of, of rebuke it's an invitation it's an invitation for renewal. It's an invitation to find yourselves refreshed. Sure, Paul is angry, but he's reaching out to him saying, let us renew. Let us find ourselves afresh. And it demands a response. We're going to look at that a bit more next week. I mean, one of the responses is very much, know the promises of God given to you through Scripture. Know them. If you don't know them, that is not cool. And, we, you know, Scripture is there, God's gift to help contain that faith and to protect it from the pressures around us. But what we're going to do today is we're just going to focus on that invitation 
And uh, I'm going to read some of the, the words from Galatians 5, where Paul extends that invitation. And my encouragement to you is, as you go through this week, just reflect on those first uh, few verses. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Christ was crucified. And just ask God to speak about your foolishness that you need to bring before him. And as we come to communion, let's remember the words of Top Lady, nothing in my hands I bring. And then next week we're going to look really at how Paul takes those Galatians back to Scripture and through their own Scripture and through the teachings of the, of the heretics, he shows them the foolishness of what they believe. But that will be next week. So um, as you sit, I just ask you to bow your heads and pray. I'm going to read this scripture and then lead us into a prayer. And we can start off by, by receiving this invitation from the apostle. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Lord, we commit this passage to prayer. We ask that you speak through it into our hearts. Lord, too often we do not our faith with the portion and, and dedication it deserves. We don't guard that truth of your grace in our hearts. We don't protect it. We don't reinforce it with knowledge of Scripture. And to all of us, Lord, the enemy comes and seeks to steal that good news from our hearts. And for all of us, some of it surely has been stolen. So, Lord, today we take Paul's invitation that you sent. We come to you empty-handed for your grace. Speak into our hearts afresh the news of the cross and what it means to be found um, at your feet, depending solely on you. In your name we pray. Amen.